truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace, Todd Erzin. Aaron McIntyre are here. Our old friend Shannon Joy will be rejoining us in a few minutes as well for the Dace Group. 888-900-3393. That's how you can let us know what you think about what we think. You can also email the program, steve at stevedace.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And the last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. We'll be getting to some of the feedback that you have sent us in recent days and weeks. Coming up in our final hour of the week. That's next hour here on a Friday. But before we get to all of that, it is first time for the Days Group. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by our friends over at Keeps who know that losing your hair sucks, but did you know that the cause of your hair loss could be a hormone called DHT? If you're looking for a possible solution, the FDA has approved two hair treatment products that help control your DHT and prevent hair loss. Heck, it's even triggered hair regrowth in a good percentage of men as well. But up until now, these products were very expensive and required a doctor's visit, but not anymore. Not only are they 90% effective, but Keeps will get them to you totally affordable with the generic versions of those two FDA approved hair care products as well. And you can do so and save your hair without ever having to leave your own couch. Just answer a few questions, snap a few pics, and a licensed physician will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. And if you want to take advantage of a special offer right now, here's how. Free online doctor consultation and 50% off of your first order. That's right, 50%. Off of your first order right now when you go to keeps.com slash grow. That's keeps.com slash grow. Let's get to issue one. Bleep Democrats say. But now with the fog of war dissipating, a few questions arise. Why did the president provide such an amount of details about the operation? What role did Russia play in the operation? Immediately after a special operation like this, there is increased risk of retaliatory attacks and risk to human sources on the ground in Syria, for example. The level of detail that President Trump went into into in that press conference increases the risk to sources that uh, may still be on the ground. It's really unprecedented when you think about how much detail he actually went into. Are you saying it's irresponsible? I think it is irresponsible. I think it puts sources at risk. And my solution is to say to Israel, is you got $3.8 billion every single year. If you want military aid, you're going to have to fundamentally change your relationship to the people of Gaza. We'll buy a house, a three-bedroom house with four kids and a grandpa living with us. It was okay. Although I do wonder how my parents got by. Those walls are awful thin. And built right into the plan is super-duper enforcement. No more, you know, you assign two IRS agents to try to keep up with the whole thing. Nope. We put it right into the cost. If if I'm your son, what advice would you give me the next time I be pulled over by a police officer? Next time you pulled pull over by a police officer. 
I would do my best to identify who that police officer is in a polite way, ask him or her for their name. I would respect what they are doing so that you don't get shot in the back of the head. Fat pigs! Don't know respect! Check out my p You're gonna get wrecked! Couldn't Planned Parenthood, healthcare, and a dinner more than your This coordinated campaign carried out by the right-wing media and Republican opponents, enabling and perpetuating my husband's abuse by providing him a platform, is disgusting and unforgivable. Yeah, it, it is a triad monogamous relationship, which is yeah, sounds kind of weird. I am shocked at how common consensual non-monogamy is now. It's not just about sleeping with each other's husbands, you know. Our lives are meshed together. A lot of people think that, you know, when you're three people in a relationship, you're dividing attention. But we see it as we're multiplying the attention. We're not here to just wreck the world and burn it down. just wreck the world and burn it down. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, let's get to our first question. Your favorite total depravity this week, Shannon, uh, from there in your studio in New York State, we'll go to you first. Thanks, Steve. So I was going to give this, so I mean, early on in the montage, I thought it was pretty tame, right, for the week. But that last video was absolutely evil and I don't even know where we can go as a culture when we are celebrating that lifestyle those choices um, the montage included the Planned Parenthood ad featuring little girls um, swearing and flicking off the camera and just I just I I mean, I guess I have to give it a 10. Um, I None of them were my favorite, but, you know, the culture wars really get me these days. And I, I'm not really sure that we have a party in power, a Republican Party, or even a conservative movement that is prepared to deal with those people in the way that they need to be dealt with, which is primarily at the local level. Uh, there, we're so distracted by national politics and, and everything having to do with the Republican Party and congressional races and President Trump that we are missing the trees um, in the forest. And we're, so it's, you know, that was a, that was just, I'm a little shocked actually by, the, by that. It's disturbing. The video that Shannon was shocked by, that, that all of us are shocked by, has has gone viral these past couple of days. This is an edited version of the video, by the way. This is an edited version. And um, Aaron asked me before it played if I wanted him to, to drop it, I would. He would do so. I said no. No. In fact, I would not have even, Aaron's nicer than me. I wouldn't have even edited it for you. I'd have made you watch it. 
all of it. Because if we're just going to sit by and let the cult of Molech set up shop down the street, own it. Take a good feast. Gaze upon uh, the marvelous beast that, is that you are inviting I, in. I want to say that is literally the only reason why I kept that in the montage. You told I almost I almost pulled what is it uh, uh, subordination. I almost mm-hmm. pulled subordination yesterday. And I'm like I just can't. I don't want to put. But that was the only reason that that consciously I put it in just to what you said choke on it. Yep. If we're going to sit by and say, um, you know, undisclosed FISA warrants. Which, you know, and Hillary's emails are what matter and not this kind of stuff. While this stuff just continues to advance in your culture. Cool. Then since they're not going to show you that on Fox, I'll show it to you. You know, so that's what you'll get. Uh, if, if you if we continue to make this about what is it to our friend Daniel Horowitz calls this political pornography. Where we yeah. just that, that if, you, if that's if everybody is just looking to get their jollies off of that, well, I'm just going to tell you right now, man. Uh, th- th- there's another there's another worldview out there that is far better at this, far better at the licentious and shallow than we will ever be. And um, if if that's where we're going to go, then own it. That's why I told Aaron not to take it out. And if I if I'd known ahead of time, I'd have told him not even to edit it. Make people see it. Make people see it. Because if you don't, you, you should be revolted by seeing it. And that's exactly why you should see it, in my view. Todd? Yeah. Um, it, it, the baby's not uh, any less dead uh, if you're doing, uh, you know, your safe, legal, and rare mantras. You know, that, that's what abortion has always been right yep. there. That's actually not, that's not a new thing. That's, that's it. Uh, so, you know, in, in a way, that's the same thing as being shown the, um, the aftermath of an abortion by a pro-life group. Yep. I mean, that it, sooner or later, you just, you talk it all the time, like sooner or later, God says, you want my hand, protective hand taken I mean, off? hey, listen, it's just an unviable okay. tissue mass. It's yeah. a tumor, right? Right. We sit there and watch the aftermaths of removing tumors and what those look like, and we study them all the time, and no one says, take that off the air. I don't want to see that, right? Right. Okay. Well, if it's just an unviable tissue mass, and that's all that it is, it's just like removing a tumor, then why not? Why not gaze upon it then? What, why are you, why, if, if, it's, if, it's, if it's okay, why, why is it a difficult choice? Exactly. If it's not a life, then why, if, if it's just something that is getting in the way of you living your life, why would you be revolted by watching it being removed then? Your thoughts betray you, uh, as a wise man once said. I'll let you finish your point. Go ahead. Well, uh, my favorite, though, and again, uh, Shannon's right, we use that term situationally what it means but it's the the little girls rapping for what planned parenthood uh, that's important it's really important and we're you don't need to be talking about abortion to have conversations about this with parents like in my life when the soccer crowd and what the the, the the people are basically good kind of vibe that comes out of kids and it's really interesting the thing if you're on a sideline the things that another kid is doing to your team's kid is terrible. But when your kid does the exact same thing to their team, oh, they're just a, they're a go-getter, they're a hustler. You know, either way, it's dirty. Um, this happens all the time. And what we let, and that's in benign circumstance. You're just out on a soccer field. Kids are being weaponized every day 
like this. It doesn't have to be in a rap video like this. This goes on uh, in your kids' schools on a regular basis to the degree that they are being propagandized. We talked this week about the long march to the institutions and why it's so important that the schools have the youth because that's their uh, recruiting grounds. I, that's not Again, that video is not unique. It, you, if you have children and you are sending them off to school... They are being propagandized along those lines so, to more one degree or another. It does change from school to school, from community to community, but you will be made to care along those signs. Those songs are being planted in your he- in your children's head, so they default to thinking certain things. Oh, it's it's safe, legal, and rare things like that. So they buy into that instead of the bloody scene, like for example, that abortion really is. Aaron, yeah, so. Um, yesterday, I just, my thought process with that video at the end was like, we already have enough ammunition without, um, adding to it, to the doling of the, the senses, maybe, I don't know, of, of, you know, of, of folks, uh, in this culture, you know, that stuff. Now I don't watch a whole lot of horror movies. You have Steve, have you ever seen that in a horror movie? I've never seen anything. Now I'll, I'll tell you that. In, in recent years, and even we've I've talked about this before. Even Stephen King has panned this. In in recent years, uh, you know it's it's become Gorn, and so maybe you do see that in in the recent you know uh, you know slasher splatter films that are made compared to the you know Nightmare on Elm Streets and Friday the Thirteenth that we saw growing up. But I don't watch any of that genre right. um, of, of, of horror, so I don't know if that is 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 a commonplace but if it's not now it soon will be without without a healthy fear of god there is nothing to restrain what you watched in that video from going mainstream nothing yeah and i've never seen that in the video game before and so it's like it's it's kind of a a, i don't know rubicon is the right word for for it but i just want to again i i want to read that is horrible horrifying what we just watched as well you know it's all fake although it really isn't um what it's what it's representing but i just want to i i want to underscore what what we actually watched that was what appears to be a drag queen so a dude dressed up like a chick who feels pretty with a fake womb uh sitting on a bar at a bar somewhere while a uh, lip-syncing to kesha's cannibal while being cheered on by a crowd, and you can see a guy in the background as he uh, as he uh, starts to stab at his fake womb, start to pull out guts, fake guts, starts to pull out a baby doll. People are cheering along as this dude, dressed up like a chick, is lip syncing while he's being cheered on by the crowd, lifts out a, a fake baby doll, lifts out more fake guts, pours it, I didn't include this, pours it into a glass and drinks the contents pours pours it all over himself pours it out into the crowd it's just demonic it's just demonic it's, it's demonic it's demonic and there's um coming to a t- coming to a library near you sometime maybe yeah i just that's the price but, of freedom i'm told 
by a conservative. I just, I'm speechless. I, I really am. And I likened this. I said this during the montage while our microphones were, were muted. If you've seen the movie The Joker, that montage was kind of like watching that movie. It was like, okay, you know, this is kind of weird at the beginning. It's kind of tame. And, and then there's the one just, scene. And then there's the one scene yep. where it's like, okay, here's the full Monty. Here's yep. the full, here's what nihilism incarnate looks like. Anybody else have anything to add? Or should we get to the exit question? I, I, Go ahead, Shannon. How, how do we lose to these people? I mean, this is what I always come back because to. Because we don't have a nation, and we're not a nation of laws, and we never have been. Okay? We've never been a nation of laws. We're a nation, we're, whenever you have a self-governing people, you're a nation of political will, and always will be. We lack the political will to tangle with this. I mean, we're having a discussion, we've been having a discussion on this show, and now it's going into other places right now. Uh, about whether uh, you know drag queen story time hour is a conservative value that's being debated right now on Twitter. I've seen that this past the last few days. People are debating that whether whether uh, sexual perversion is a conservative value or not. Whether we can use this for conservative uh, um, uh, mascots, you know, to say no, we're not homophobes, no, we're not haters. Uh, you know, I, I mean, this is we we've opened the door to this because we lack the political will to stand up to it because the the vast majority of our customers frankly just want to own the libs and be told that whoever is the star republican right now is without fault and blame and everything the democrats do is bad uh and 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 that's really all they demand of their of the republicans they elect is just to, to not whatever is the worst that's currently come to the surface that the left is manifested just don't be that and you're good. And so that's the political will that we have. And that's why. That's I mean, how many how much conservative media the, the jobs report today is very good. Absolutely, and it should be noted. And and the and whenever a president is on is, is on the job when that you have a report like that should be given credit. But ask yourself this question. What is a greater what if what if the unemployment rate was 4.6%, not 3.6 is what it is right now. And that's not the real unemployment rate, by the way, because we've never changed it from the scam that the Obama administration switched it to. But we'll go with that number for now. Let's just round it up to five. If the unemployment rate was 5% right now, what is a greater existential threat to your culture? That or the next stage of Drag Queen Storytime Hour, which is what Aaron showed you that went viral this weekend? Ask yourself that question. And yet, what will get the vast majority of coverage in conservative media today? I think we all know the answer to that. We lack the political will to stand up and defeat this. That's why. And if you've read um, Night by Elie Wiesel, early on, the, the, there's, the, the, the Jews just could not, they were hearing rumors about uh, what Mengele uh, was, was doing and the, uh, the, the Holocaust that was growing and growing. Even men who had escaped and came back uh, but they just did not believe. And here now it's happening. It's not just rumors and whispers and the odd uh, word here or there. It's happening in front of our eyes at libraries on Twitter here. And, but we still have the same level of disconnect. Um, and so it's going to get uglier. And we're going to we, go on Twitter been, and go on Twitter and say that guy is not a woman and you'll get banned. Yeah. Share that video on Twitter. And, 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 you, and you'll get hits and likes. And the reality is if that guy walked right out of that, right out of that bar after, after yeah. putting this video out and then the next morning went down to the local library and said, I want to read a nighttime story to the kids, they'd, let, they'd yeah. tell him, pick a date. 
That's why. This is a cultural and, holocaust. And it you, just is. You want to know the extent of the whole cultural holocaust? We've been talking about this for the last almost 15 minutes now. Not a word on polyamory in that video. And that woman at the end of that video who says, we're not trying to wreck the world and burn mm -hmm. it down. Uh, hell yeah, you are. Let's get to the exit. You know what? I'm not even going to ask the exit question. The answer is the answer's 17. Yes. That's the right. answer. Okay. And, and that might be too low. I don't need to ask. Let's get to issue two. Let's talk about that slowing economic growth. The Donald Trump campaign aired this commercial during Game 7 of the World Series this week. President Trump is changing Washington, creating 6 million new jobs, 500,000 new manufacturing jobs, cutting illegal immigration in half, obliterating ISIS, their caliphate destroyed, their terrorist leader dead. But the of course, central to that commercial is the economic message. And while the United States has seen relatively good economic times, the latest report from the Commerce Department shows the economy growing at a paltry 1.9% rate. According to the Bureau of Economic Analysis, the growth rate is down from 2% in quarter two of this year and way down from this year's high of 3.1% in quarter one. October 30th, 2019, the greatest economy in American history. May 31st, 2012, quarter one GDP has just been revised down to 1.9%. The economy is in deep trouble. So we know that there's a tweet for everything. Okay, so we have an interesting disconnect, though, and this is something our, our, uh, to invoke his name once more. This is this is something you don't typically see, as Daniel Horowitz has noted. All right, when, when you have a, a booming jobs market uh, at, at, at the pace that we do right now, there there should be, I, and I, I don't know that I've ever seen this in American history, and I would guess the answer is no. In fact, I've, if you told me to bet on it, I'd be confident enough to put some of my own money on this, that we have never seen um, a, a jobs market as aggressively growing. I mean, this, this, I'm, I'm looking at the actual numbers. I mean, the forecast for this month, for this month was about 86,000 and it's over 120,000 jobs were created. That's blowing way past the forecast. I, I would guarantee you in American history, there has never been 1.9% economic growth in a quarter associated with this much job growth. And so you got to ask yourself, what has changed? What's different? And I think Daniel has got his finger on the pulse of what the issue is. It's the same thing that stunted growth in the, in the Obama years, where we had the second largest growth of government until the current one that we have. There's too much government, too much debt, uh, too much of you and I's money, the minute that we earn it, goes right to Uncle Sam. Uh, we spent more money on, ta on paying taxes at a state, local, federal, and sales tax level last year as Americans than we did on food, water, and shelter. And I think that is, so there's, there's been this notion within the conservative intelligentsia, you know, you're like your buddy, David French, they, they, they like to proffer this, that we don't have to cut government. Um, if that, that if we, we can economically grow ourselves out of debt because, you know, um, that worked to some extent in the eighties, except Reagan left office with record deficits in the eighties, which look, um, shall I use the term austere, uh, compared to the ones we're, we're rolling with right now. So is this just as simple as government is too big, Shannon? Yeah, I think, I mean, I've been screaming this for, for months now, so ever since President Trump came into office in 2017 and changed absolutely nothing, absolute, absolutely nothing fundamentally when it comes to President Trump versus President Obama, the, the rate of 
government spending, the debt, the deficit, trillion dollar debts as far as the eye can see. No real meaningful change in regulation. It was piecemeal in certain industries. But if you look at the, the largest regulatory burdens, you, uh, you have the tax code, the 99,000 page tax code and Obamacare. Neither of those were touched. Even in his tax uh, reform, he didn't simplify the tax code. And so we have absolutely no discernible difference apart from the tax cut in 2017 from President Trump's economy versus President Obama's economy. And that's why if you look at the GDP over the past three years of the Trump presidency and you average all the quarters, and you take into account all of the revisions, it's about the same as, as President Obama's. We've never been out of recession. We've never had a boom. All the numbers that they're pointing to, unemployment, they used to point to the GDP, they can't anymore in the stock market, they're all manipulated. They're inflated. In a, in a booming economy, the Federal Reserve is not cutting interest rates. The Federal Reserve is not implemented, quanti implementing quantitative easing, which they're doing now, even though they're lying about it. You have manufacturing in trouble. Retail is in trouble. Even though people feel like they, they might have a sentiment because every single news media outlet in the world is telling them that it's a great economy, especially if you're a conservative. In reality, you have the federal government in debt, state governments mired in debt, local governments, municipalities mired in debt, consumers mired in debt. You have businesses and corporations. I mean, everything is a bubble. And what you're seeing happening right now, they're trying to keep this bubble from popping before 2020. That's what I think. And they're desperately trying to keep us in the dark about the reality of this economy. But all you have to do is look to Lebanon, where there is a run on the banks. The, the, the country is falling apart to the point now where the government won't let people take cash out of the, com the country in certain places. You have um, uh, uh, Hong Kong is now in recession. Germany and Italy have negative interest rates. Uh, this is something conservative media has completely missed. And, and it's to the detriment of the people because this leads to a complete meltdown and ultimately more government control and at, the, at, at some point tyranny. There's a long conversation I could have in response to that, but I'm going to just let it all stand because even if I don't agree with some of it, it's a perspective our audience doesn't typically hear, and I want them to have to confront it. So I'm just going to let all of that stand because I also want to let you guys talk. So, Todd, go ahead. I I don't think it's – I I'm the same as Steve. I agree with a large chunk of it. I certainly agree with the general sentiment that uh, wherever Trump did something that was an improvement, it was never really systemic enough to avoid – the conversation we're having right now. Uh, I do agree with that, but I don't think it's so much that conservative media is missing anything or ignoring anything. I, I just think this is, this is emblematic of how we generally are um, as Americans these days. And we have a Santa Claus mentality about uh, spending, about income, about savings. I, I, I don't, th I really don't think there's some sense of manipula manipulation keeping somebody in the dark i think the manipulation is just how we manipulate our own lives in terms of not not having savings uh definitely we need all these things the creature comforts we have that we prioritize instead of savings i i just think this is the we're watching our baseline existence and and Therein, Obama's economy was never really that bad, and Trump's was never really that good. It's it's just the same 
economy. And it's one that we are comfortable with enough that we, no one on either side will really demand any fundamental changes. Here's, here's the thing. I, I just want to do one pushback because we're short on time. There is undoubtedly a lot more people working right now than there ever was under Barack Obama. That, that is not in dispute on any level. And so we have to be factual about that. It is not in, it's not in dispute. There are far more people across every racial, socioeconomic uh, divide working right now than we're working under Barack Obama. There was just a story out today about that. I, I think I Breitbart about black America in particular. Yes. And so I, I want to make sure that gets noted. Aaron. Yeah, just really quickly. Uh, you know, we, we often say that the global economy and definitely the United States economy um, and the markets are all built on bubbles. And I think these I'm not sure what's chicken and egg here. But there is so much emotion, so much emotion that is tied to the health of our economy. And there are so many, uh, so many tentacles that are tied between the stock market and the health of the economy. Those things are not the same. This is basic. I mean, we've said this over and over and over again, that I'm at the point now that you are with Donald Trump. I don't know what could happen next because everything is basically built and driven upon emotion and so you get bubbles and then you get bubbles burst and then people feel sad and then people you know invest in the next it, it is all built on emotion it's not actually an economy it's basically it's basically uh the roulette table you know on on the strip in vegas that's that's basically i think what our economy is right now so i've got i'm not going to do an exit question here either because there's there, i want to i've got a minute let me just say this most of what Shannon said is true, in my view, but it's, it's, it's not newly true. It has been true for decades. This has been a bubble all along. It's been a bubble ever since we were a welfare state. Um, mm -hmm. And it's been a bubble ever since we accepted coming out of the 80s that deficit spending was okay. And, it's, and that's not going to change, and nothing's going to change because our behavior won't change. The only thing that will change it is an economy that comes along with a bigger army than ours. And until that occurs, it's just going to be a bubble like it has been for decades. More in a moment. All right, back here with The Dace Group, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Shannon Joy, Todd Erzin, Steve Dace, Aaron McIntyre. Let's get to issue three. A moment of truth. Yeah, probably not. The impeachment probe continues. This week, Nancy Pelosi and House Democrats approved a resolution to formalize procedures of the impeachment inquiry into President Trump. It was also announced that former National Security Advisor John Bolton will be testifying in front of Congressman Adam Schiff's committee next week as part of that impeachment probe. Bolton stepped down as National Security Advisor back in September, accompanied by a spat between him and the White House over whether he resigned or was fired. It's unclear what the purpose of Bolton testifying is, though the White House may try to block him from actually doing so. So I'm, I'm fascinated with this angle to this story, which is why I chose to put it in, because I, to me, I don't. I don't, we've, we've discussed this ad nauseum. We're just going to have an, one of the reasons we're going to have an impeachment is because there's too many people working, I believe. And there's, they, the Democrats can't talk about any issues because they're too far left on all of them. So their, their best issue is orange man bad. The Republicans don't want to talk about issues because they hate their base and really don't want to have any real fights whatsoever. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of losing faith. If, if cocaine Mitch doesn't make Democrats vote on the Medicare for all plan of Elizabeth Warren this year, 
I'll, I'll have lost all, all faith in show votes from this time forward because that's just a opportunity just sitting there waiting for him. All right, but I am fascinated by the John Bolton side of this because he is someone that fancies himself. Uh, having interviewed him a couple of times, met him once, uh, and had a chance to talk to him when he when he uh, had uh, flirted with running for president. In the, in the last cycle and then uh, dipped his toe in the water and then decided not to do it. I'm like, he's the only person who ever said I'm going to, I've ever met that, that ever said, Hey, I'm going to go out there and yeah, find out if there's an audience for me to run for president. And then came back and was honest and said, there's not. <laughs> I've never met that person before. You know, it's like the coach who tells you on signing day, do this recruiting classes, get my ass can. Can you say buyout? Uh, I mean, he, I give him prop points for honesty. He actually did that. He, oh, yeah, I'm going to see if there's a, if there's an audience for me to run. He came back and said, no, oh, there's really not. So they didn't. Uh, but he kind of views himself as the, as an elder statesman type here. Uh, he's too conservative for for deep state kind of notions, but he does sort of view himself as, as with, with a little self importance, watchman on the wall kind of thing. And and I think you saw that when he when he resigned from the Trump administration, he calls in live to Fox and Friends to say, "No, I wasn't fired. I resigned, and I'm watching you." That was a, that was a power play. I'm watching you right now, and I'm not going to let you get away with trumping this up. All right. So I am fascinated by the calling of him as a witness here. Just because of kind of the, the 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 persona he's built in Washington over the years. So, what is more likely to happen? Do you think, Todd? I'll start with you this time. Is John Bolton the John Dean of this impeachment story? Do you think is it no. possible? No. Or is this going to be another much hyped subplot in the show Get Trump that ends up full of sound and fury, signifying nothing? Of course, if ever Occam's Razor <laughs> was operating, it was right here. And what you said about him calling in on Fox. Is actually the tell. It, it's it's he's not unique. I mean, he in terms of presidential politics made that estimation uh, early sooner rather than later, which is a rare thing. But I mean, he's he's uh, spotlight starved, just like everybody else that gets into this uh, world. And and he had to wait quite a long time to finally get into the the levers of power that he wanted and then it didn't last that long. He's not just going to go away. I mean, if there was really enough there, there, and he's a smart guy, he wouldn't have to worry about uh, spotlight time. I think the, the news would be speaking uh, for itself. And he's got so many tentacles uh, in that town uh, that it, it could be uh, made evidently known that we don't, all of this, I don't, I, there's so many deep throats there's so many whistleblowers who did that if he could get away he he does not want to be just another guy like them i'm john bolton i'm the walrus i'm the adult in this room if in all could, situations but there's no see this is why though i think it, his 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 subpoenaing is key because this is probably their only chance to get somebody that they can't immediately you can't have conservative media or trump Trump's allies in the media, you can't have them immediately dismiss, all right, uh, as a partisan. This is probably their best chance. And, and you're going you're gonna to be hard-pressed. He's not a neocon, by the way. I mean, we throw these terms around, neocon. Uh, uh, we just, anytime someone takes a foreign policy position I don't agree with, we just use these terms, and most of them don't know what, we don't know what they mean. He's definitely more pro, let's have America in war than me, but he's not a neocon. But he's also somebody that I guarantee you, you know, we, 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 there's, it's often been said there's a tweet for everything. You're going to be hard pressed to find a major conservative media figure who at some point in their careers has not said or written something positive about John Bolton. 
It's going to be hard. somewhere. Now, you might have to go all the way back to 2003, okay? But you will be hard-pressed to find somebody in conservative media who at some point in time has not written or said that doesn't identify as a libertarian. Let me put that disclaimer on it. You'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who doesn't, hasn't written or said something positive about John Bolton. And so calling him to testify, this seems like their one opportunity. If they can't, if they can't get Ghostbusters to cross the streams here, then we're just going to... What was that uh, reality winner? Was yeah, she, the, she yeah. the, the leaker that got busted, that Bernie Sanders? It's going to be more people like that or who the, who, you know, the, whoever this leaker or this uh, whistleblower is. That's what I'm fascinated about, Aaron, is I think he's, the, he's maybe the only shot they have to try to get this outside of their normal uh, playpen here. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But I, they're in a position right now where it's heads I win, tails you lose. Um, because if, if the White House somehow is, and I've seen people say that the White House can actually block, um, uh, you know, former uh, employees, what, what have you, from testifying in front of this committee, and, and the White House has vowed to not comply with, with this committee, um, they're, they're in a position, like I said, heads I win, tails you lose, because if the White House blocked, ha you're trying to collude, you're trying to obstruct, uh, that type of thing. And with with Bolton as well, I, I kind of thought, well, maybe he's the type of personality where it's like, all right, you don't love me now. Um, he's going to flip the bird as he leaves the White House, uh, you know, and then say uh, on the horse and the horse you rode in on, I'm going to do my best to destruct it. He seems like maybe he could have the personality to where it's like, uh, you don't like me, then screw you, dude. But I just don't think that that's yeah. going to be. I don't think that that's going to be the the. the track that he takes. if there's nothing that that he thinks is worthy of flipping on trump because there's no great personal regard there let's be honest about that so if you can't get him to do it tell me who their crossover witness would be then that's why i i i, I think it's fascinating to call him to testify you walk out of there without something great to leak and anonymously to the new york times you got to start wondering you know what the hell case do you actually have then if you can't get john bolton uh to, to flip on your behalf shannon you get the last word here go ahead yeah, I think the impeachment saga is just so complicated and convoluted, and the left and the right are firmly in their positions. I think they've decided, it, I mean, it almost doesn't even matter what John Bolton testifies about. It doesn't even matter what the facts are, because each group, each uh, side of, of the American populace has already picked their side and facts don't matter. I think with the impeachment saga that the script calls for impeachment. So I think it is going to happen. Right. What else are they going to do? The, the, all, what are they else they going to do if, if they don't do well, this? Right. Well, where Bolton comes in, though, see, the question is, and what I'm I, I'm not sure of, the script does call for impeachment, but I don't know yet if it calls for removal. And so once the impeachment is done, then the Democrats are basically off the table. They're not even involved in this anymore. It becomes something that happens in, in the House or I'm sorry, in the Senate. And also, you know, the Supreme Court plays a role as well. And so John Bolton could potentially have a little more sway with certain senators. But, you know, I think that at the end of the day, it's not going to matter to the Republican base, definitely not Trump's base. OK, I mean, Ronald Reagan could come back from the dead. And if he criticized Trump, they dump him in a second. So they're going to dump John Bolton faster than a, a dude who feels pretty at a girl's track meet when, when this happens. I mean, all that political stuff is going to stay the same. The question is, what are the script writers going to do? What does the script call for? Does it call for Trump to be removed or for him to stay in office. And then that's going to move to the Senate as we move forward. Let's get to the exit question. 
If the odds of Donald Trump ultimately being removed from office were an ABBA song, which ABBA song would it be? A, Waterloo. B, Take a Chance on May. The best ABBA song. And that's the only correct answer, by the way. Uh, and then C, The Winner Takes It All. Aaron. Oh, C. I'm going to go with C. Todd. Yeah, it would. Yes, C. C. Shannon. I think that Trump is just too good for the progressives. And so I think they're going to give him another another four years because um, so I'm going to say I think he's going to hang on. I don't think it's going to happen. All right. Let's get to issue four. Are you ready for this, Erzin? No. No. Twitter. Twitter reacting to growing concern from leftists about so-called misinformation spreading on social media is banning all political advertising from its service. Its move strikes a sharp contrast with Facebook, which continues to defend running political ads as free speech priorities. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey said Wednesday in a series of tweets announcing the new policy, quote, While Internet advertising is incredibly powerful and very effective for commercial advertisers, that power brings significant risks to politics, where it can be used to influence votes to affect the lives of millions. No word yet on who at Twitter is going to be deciding what's political and what's not. So I got to let the audience in on what happened here. When I sent the rundown down, I was originally going to troll Erzin here, all right, and um, have it be, since today's November 1st, as far as I'm concerned, it is now officially Christmas time, as far as I'm concerned, all right? It's only 55 days until Christmas. Halloween has passed. I know there's Thanksgiving. One more time, Thanksgiving is not a season. It's a day, okay? Christmas is a season. So it's officially Christmas time, and we were going we to have a, a nice, fun conversation about what Mark's today being the official start of Christmas, just because I wanted to get under your skin. Insanity is what marks it. Insanity. But then, right as I was getting ready to do that, the headline broke that Twitter has banned political advertising. And I said, you know what? There's no way we got it. We can't not tackle that. But I decided to leave that headline in there just to make Todd freak out when he got his rundown that he's going to have to talk about this. All right. So let's get to the first question. Is this an attempt by Twitter's activist engineers to control the messages on its platform next election year? Or... One thing you have to note, the, the, the majority of Twitter users, first of all, 80% of Twitter accounts are from outside the U.S. And so when you look at how, left, how far left the rest of the population outside the U.S. is, and then you look at the majority of the people who use Twitter within the U.S., this is largely a left-of-center office. We're the, our, our audience. We are the anomalies on this platform, folks. Not just in the U.S., but, or globally, but even in the U.S. So they're also going to tell their own audience that you cannot market to our base to mobilize for the left in, in next year's election. Could this actually even hurt Democrats, this decision? What do you think, Aaron? It is definitely the former. Uh, if you think for one minute that Twitter is not going to say that uh, advertisements from Planned Parenthood are not political, while advertisements from the Susan B. Anthony list are uh, I've got another thing. I've got I've got some property in Tunisia to sell you. Um, <laughs> that's definitely going to happen. They are going to consider anything that is leftist to be non-political and anything that is remotely what's left of America to be overtly political. So, of course, this is uh, an effort by Twitter to try to control the narrative. If you want to know who, when I talk about Twitter's activist engineers, if you want to know who wh- why this matters, click on, I mean, literally just pick any day of the week any day of the year 
and click on Twitter moments and see what Twitter, what, what its, what its uh, algorithms uh, guided by its engineers choose to highlight. And it's, it's just literally right out of it's It's like if the, the DNC had a social media platform, these are the cultural issues that they would choose. These are the political issues. Uh, they're even worded uh, in, in, in those fashions. And what I think this is really about, Todd, uh, is less than 20% of Americans have a Twitter account. And the, and the or right around 20% do. And then the percentage within that 20% that use it actively is not very large. I think, wasn't it Pew did the study earlier this year and found the vast majority of the political tweets you see are, are performed by about 3% of, of, of Twitter's domestic audience? I mean, it's, it's scant. But about 80% of Americans do have a Facebook account. And there's all kinds of, you saw the Democrats call Mark Zuckerberg up there uh, last week. I wrote a column about that today for The Blaze. See, I think this is what it, I think that's what this is about. This is an attempt to pressure Facebook because Facebook is, is the older social media platform. That's where a lot of the Republican base is. Conservatives, just the, the platforms of, of demographics of Twitter and Facebook are reversed. All right. Twitter is younger, hipper, more progressive uh, in terms of its domestic audience. Facebook is more conservative, and that's where more of the Republican base is. And I think this is an attempt to get Mark Zuckerberg to ban these kinds of advertising from Facebook because that's where you would find a lot of the Republican base hanging out in social media. That's what I think this is about. I think it definitely has something to do uh, with Facebook. I, I think this is basically a branding uh, play and a, a Hopefully, they're looking uh, to uh, raise in the near near term uh, the sense of this being a smart uh, a smart bet for uh, investors. I but and hoping that can uh, run for a little while. But I don't long term. I don't believe they're even going to stick to this. Do you? And this is, I think, along the lines of what Aaron's is saying. Whether it's covertly or overtly, there's no way through this election that they're just sitting on the sidelines with political advertising. I just don't believe that. It, it, it's going to last a little while. They're, it's a business play fundamentally, and then they're going to move what, on. I think what they'll do is they'll say they will. I think they'll stick with it through the election. But the way they'll stick with it is what it is sort of what Aaron described. They're going to say things about uh, climate change or or women's reproductive freedom are are issues of uh, conscience and not political. Uh, they're, they're issues towards the common good. But I don't think you'll see an Elizabeth I, Warren for president ad on Twitter. I think we can all agree. Yes. I think it'll be like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. What do you think, Shannon? You get the last word. Go ahead quickly. You know, I, I found this to be stunning, actually, that they were going to, to ban political ads. And I, I think it's part of a larger play. I agree with you. It's probably looking to pressure Facebook in a way. But, the, you know, the whole genre of social media and the idea of controlling the debate on social media, I think really is almost a test balloon for other entities to really begin to come in and and try to eliminate actual honest discourse in our country. It's interesting. I had, you know, I do a lot of work with Common Core education a lot. And when we were looking at the part of the curriculum, what they're doing with kids now in some areas when when they have the debate section in social studies or in, in one of their history classes and the kids start to debate, the kids aren't allowed to organically debate. They have to choose. So they choose a topic and then they have to use a Google search engine and they have to choose between, uh, you know, pre-identified arguments. They can't come up with their own. They yep. can't offer their own. Quickly. They have to use, right. And, and it's a, I think this idea of controlling debate 
and and controlling access to debate yep. is something that is you know Twitter. I think it's kind of a trial balloon. And when are you going to see this in newspapers and television in in the town square in your schools across the kitchen table? Twenty five years and, ago. Yeah. Yeah. This is the next evolution of that already. Let's get to predictions because we're short on time. Aaron, go. Uh, Fran McCaffrey, head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes. I know this is a prediction everybody cares about. Will be fired within the next two and a half years. Two and a half years? That's your prediction? Yep. Todd. <laughs> Stewing on that a little bit, huh? Two and a half years. Yep. Okay. Todd. He said it could be about anything. Quickly. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to begin a run of uh, two or three games here that's going to get him in the uh, talk of the uh, MVP again. Shannon, go. I think that Trump is going to double down on Doggy Gate and award Conan the Dog the Congressional Medal of Honor. Like, actually award it. Well, and then after that, and then join me here in the Oval Office, my fireside chat with the Ukrainian yeah. call transcript. That was the second part. That's, I would actually recommend doing both of those things as a, just simultaneously. Agree. Yes. That was the second part of my prediction. Uh, I think the Miami Dolphins... I uh, get off the schneid and get their first and perhaps only win of the season this week against the New York Jets to go 1-15. and 15. They played hard the last couple of weeks. The players are playing hard for Ryan Fitzpatrick. They like him. They've been uh, more competitive, and I think they get a win against the, the Jets at home. Shannon, always good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. We'll come back. It's Feedback Friday. Uh, our chance to respond to your responses to us next year, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Stay tuned. With hour two live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio podcast. I'm Steve Dace, Todd Erz, and Aaron McIntyre here with me as well. Feedback Friday coming up here pretty soon. 888-900-3393 is how you can give us your feedback, or you can email it to us, Steve at SteveDace.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is D-E-A-C-E. And if you are listening to us today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review wherever you podcast from, we would be very grateful because the more of those we get, the more people like you we get as well. And then the more likely we are to get to continue to get paid to do this, which I think we would all be very grateful to you for that. Uh, if you are one of millions of Americans struggling with chronic pain, this is pain in the body because of inflammation. If you've got an injury, illness, uh, go get professional medical help. But Relief Factor was created by medical professionals who can prescribe drugs. It's 100% drug-free, though, even though it's created by those doctors. Why? Because they recognize your body is a created organism. It's more than a machine. And it was made to push back on inflammation if we treat it the right way. And that's where Relief Factor comes in. Four key all-natural ingredients that help your body win the battle against inflammation and help you overcome chronic pain. I'm a big believer in this product. I use it every day myself and half for months. It's been, it, it, frankly, it's been one of the biggest blessings I've had in the year 2019 was getting introduced to this. It's really helped improve uh, the, the nagging aches and pains as I get older and try to remain active and, and working out. This has been a huge boost and benefit in that area. If you want to give it a shot, hey, call their bluff. Is it really this good? Find out for a dollar a day. It's called the Starter Kit, a three-week quick start for just $19.95, a buck a day to give it a shot. What do you have to lose for a dollar a day except maybe 
finally, hopefully the pain to try it out for a dollar a day. Go to the website, relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Todd, this has been a good week for your political instincts. I want to mention this before we get to Feedback Friday. The decision by Elizabeth Warren to release the details of her Medicare for All plan is just rookie-level political mistake. Total amateur hour here. Uh, and it and it goes to show why I said about 10 months ago that of all the candidates who could be the nominee of I'm Donald Trump, I want to run against her the most. She is incapable of providing any form of a of a of a safe harbor, of a conversation beyond the the most hardened uh, specifics of of her ideology. She is an ideological creature. This is her religion, like it is for most leftist progressives. And coming out with this, I mean, yeah, just just yesterday, Bernie Sanders was asked to provide details on his Medicare for All plan. It's like I don't have to come out with those right now. I'm not going to. Elizabeth Warren has been the media anointed, the left media anointed candidate for for months now. That's just how she overcame her own terrible launch of her candidacy with the, hey, I really am Native American. What was it? One out of 1,024th or something? Yeah. Okay. Back when you said this is a rookie mistake, I was about to drop how. You know, (laughs) you should have actually wasn't fast enough. But, you know, and then there was, you know, hey, Fortnite. uh, And, you know, that that just it was a disaster, her launch. And then the media realized they had to get a candidate to take Bernie Sanders' place. But, it, but it, and it, Because if they don't, this Soviet is going to hang around and ruin it for him again. And so she, with her ideology being the closest to his and being female, because like you have pointed out, Todd, there's a lot of uh, lefties in these newsrooms, females, that want to just kind of run it back from 2016, albeit with a candidate without a minus 47 net favorable like Hillary Clinton had on election day. <laughs> Minus 47 net favorable was Hillary Clinton's favorable ratings on election day. I'll take, I can't believe she didn't win for $1,000, Alex. Um, And so Elizabeth Warren was their reclamation project and they have put her into front runner. I think she is the front runner. I still believe it is the most likely outcome. And I don't, and I'm not, and, and I don't think there's a close second. I don't know what I would rank second right now, but I, I think it is still by far the most likely outcome that she is the nominee. But this decision she's made that to go ahead and put out the details of her plan on Medicare for all, and it, the, the details are just laughable. They're, they're Green New Deal laughable stuff, laughable to the point that in in the mark the time. Any 10 minutes from now, she's going to be claiming, like Ocasio-Cortez did, that this wasn't her own plan when it came out from her own release. She's going to be claiming this isn't her plan. It, it, they're bad. And it just goes to show the numbers, none of this adds up. And it, it allows... Now, I don't know too many people in her party that are going to be taking shots at this. So it's easier to do it now than it was before, yes, though. Yes, but, it but, is. but that, would, you, that requires you to be... Mayor Pete will, because we've... we've, we've uh, ascertain that he is trying to now he's he's actually running up the middle he's trying to to eat into joe biden's base okay so he will and i would imagine we will see some ads in iowa shortly with him pointing out this isn't feasible it's not affordable and just let people who can't get their own health insurance if they want medicare they can have it and uh otherwise you can keep your current plan which by the way you were here you got you, you i don't know if aaron you were around i said this years ago during the obamacare debate that should have been their plan all along just tell people if you can't have a health care plan, we'll give you access to Medicare. And everybody else keeps their plan. Why didn't they do that? Well, the reason they didn't do that is it wouldn't give them the control over the system. 
you wouldn't be able to make Aaron pay for uh, memory uh, uh, or, or, or pay for uh, pap smears. That's why. They wanted control, and that's ultimately what progressives are always about, is, is control. So I think you'll see Mayor Pete try to exploit it. I think Joe Biden has damaged goods. I, I, I do. Um, but I, I, it's not like, and, and Kamala Harris is on her last legs. Cory Booker is a non-starter. There's a lot of candidates running in that race right now, but there's not too many of them that could really be the nominee. Bernie Sanders isn't attacking her from the right. This is his plan, you know? But if... If that's how she's going to run a general election, which is, hey, I'm just telling you, this really, this undercoating really does work, guys. You should try it. If that's how she's going to run a general, she's going to get creamed. Okay. I mean, she, she never had to provide any specifics ever, like ever, like not even in a general election. She's got so much of the, of, the, of the left media running interference for her. She could just stand up there in the debate next year and say, you know, um, I know it's not going to be cheap. We've got a lot of billionaires, though, like you, Donald, that we're going to tax because too many people don't have health care. And I'm sorry that you hate single moms, right? Yeah. She could have just said that. Yes. And, and every network other than ours and Fox and every website other than us and Daily Wire and three others would have said, what a great answer this is and run interference for her the whole time. The fact that she can't take yes for an answer as a candidate... Those political instincts are not very good. All right. She can't wait to sell you on this. She she can't wait. She listen, she didn't get human trafficked into the Lyndon LaRouche cult. She volunteered. She's the she's the one person that walked up to him at the airport and said, By golly, I will grab one of these pamphlets. You know what? This this sounds reasonable to me. And then she called and then she's like, Hey, I can, I want to sit here now and hand these out. She is a true believer. And it really goes to show that politically, she's incapable of, of taking yes for an answer. She really has to, sh- to, sh- to sell you on the superiority of her Marxist ideology. And I think that makes her a, a favorable candidate to run against, frankly. Your thoughts, Todd? Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I just, there's no, and I don't believe she's by far the most likely outcome. I think she is right now, but it, if if she ends up getting the victory, it will be because at least 50, 50 in part because of malfeasance by the still multitude of people around her uh, running for president. And, you know, just last night on the daily show, there is Hillary and daughter again, just lurking about. Just All right, lurking so, about. I don't want let's let's so, not take up too much time because it's feedback Friday. But since you went there, I would be remiss if I didn't ask. Sort of like Trevor Noah was remiss in not asking Hillary. So how'd you kill Epstein? Right, um, which he did ask that yes. by the way. Um, tell me what you think is the second most likely scenario as things stand right now. About what eighty days until the Iowa caucuses. Tell me what you think Tuesday will be the one year. We'll mark one year until the 2020 election. Tell me what you think is, because we both agree her being the nominee is the most likely outcome right now when you, when you game theory it out. Tell me what you think is the second most likely outcome. Buttigieg. You do? I, oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, remember a while ago I said, and this was before his- I was about to say, man, you're going to ride that horse and realize there is literally nothing I can say. I can't, I cannot say anything oh. in analyzing this guy without just walking right into it. Like nothing, nothing. Well, with walking into what, me? I, n- no, 
you know, they, God bless you for not realizing that. What I was, what I was trying to point out. Walking into horse. Manure. Oh, yes. Oh, did, yeah. see, stepping. I got it. Yeah, I, I, I got I, it. There's no. like, I can't say anything. Okay. <laughs> but oh, I just got see. It. <laughs> <laughs> You're too. T- see, we're not as sensitive to it as you right now. You. <laughs> we both didn't pick up on it. <laughs> so <laughs> you think it's you think it's Buttigieg? Give me a percentage. Oh, I don't. I don't. See that's your Plus problem though. You are you're math you got to get into the pathos of this I'm, thing. And you know what? I'm there. That's why my second most likely scenario is it's Hillary. That's my second most likely scenario. Hmm. My second most likely scenario is that we end up in a situation where Elizabeth Warren shows she cannot handle the front runner. She can't do it. She can't be a standard bearer. Because because she doesn't understand how to massage anything on any level, it's Barack, it's everything you liked you hated about Barack Obama and none of the stuff you liked. That's that's who she is. She doesn't know how to she she provides you no path to even sit next to her in a in a at a concert or at a bar without feeling like you're going to hear a spiel. And if you don't agree with it, then you're terrible. Like there's nowhere you that she makes you feel like you could share you could share space with her without buying her version, her, her, her political Amway, right? And, and she shows that, and that because of that, that her, she, she, she there's, a, there's a conglomerate of candidates and they're all at like 18, 12, 11%. And that's where Hillary comes in and says, all right, enough. That's what I think is the second most likely scenario. I'll buy it. I just you keep you talk about the And that's a pure pathos no. pick is that right there. It's a good one. But you you keep talking about the path. Mm-hmm. And here's what I here's just what I don't do. I I just don't need to see the path necessarily anymore. I just I know what they want. I told you um several months back that because of that I I think it might actually be Sanders. He, the guy almost won Iowa. They want that guy. They want Buttigieg because he's gay. They they want it so badly that I I don't need to know the path anymore. I just need to know what they want and know that there's there's no gravitas behind a guy like Biden. Yeah, Hillary's lurking. I'm the one who brought it up. But look what hey, she she needs to just put herself there. Just hovering as a last i mean she's the ultimate safety school so, uh, so but they they don't want her they don't want biden they want the full monty and they are going to wait a long time to see if they can get it by the way there was a big endorsement here in iowa earlier this week that went largely unreported because the media doesn't know who these people are but there's a guy named zach walls do you remember that name is he the guy with the two moms yep yeah. he was he was front and center uh, put out by the other side of the argument, uh, spoke very eloquently at our legislature when we were having the marriage debates here in Iowa several years ago and during the judicial retention election. Um, I've never met him. Him and I have tweeted back and forth numerous times because he's a huge football fan. And so we've talked sports and some of the other things in the past. He he just got elected to the Iowa legislature. Right. And he is a celebrity uh, to the left in Iowa. Zach is. Well, he didn't. He made an endorsement this week, and it's not Pete Buttigieg; it's Elizabeth Warren. That's a big loss for Pete Buttigieg. I don't think there's any way to spin that. How big? You know, I don't. Who knows? I'm not that intimately, and uh, you know, I don't have that level of intimate knowledge of their base. But um, it 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 goes to show why I still think that younger college base 
is is more favorable for Elizabeth Warren than it is for Pete Buttigieg. And I think the I think Zach Walls um, endorsing uh, Elizabeth Warren. You know, I mean, with all due respect to Zach, I've never met him, but I've enjoyed interacting with him on social media over the years. But his he is us. You know, politically, he's a symbol of identity politics. And that's Pete Buttigieg's entire candidacy, right? The only we all agree the only reason he's in this thing as the mayor of a podunk town is he's gay. If he if he was just another white guy that served in the military and had all the same views, would he be any? Would he have lasted this long? No, no, of course not. And so having Zach Walls, who really was the the friendly the, one of the friendly faces of the uh, of of the other side of the uh, issue on the marriage on the marriage debate. And then got elected to the legislature because of it. And he's, he's a future star in Iowa Democratic politics. There's no denying that. Uh, provided, you know, he doesn't do any, has no, nothing me too or nothing criminal that he gets in corruption wise. He'll be a future star. I mean, I could see him being a, one of their nominee for governor here at some point in the next 10 years. To have him endorse Elizabeth Warren over Pete Buttigieg, I think that was a big endorsement for Elizabeth Warren in Iowa, I think. But I could be wrong. Let's get to um, let's get to Feedback Friday, brought to you, uh, part one, uh, by our friends over at RidUZone. If you're struggling to get your portion sizes and cravings under control, particularly this time of year, it is the most wonderful time of the year for eating. And let's face it, willpower is only going to take you so far. So what if you instead helped your body unleash its own power? There's this little molecule in your body. It goes from the belly to the brain. It's called OEA that helps the brain know when the belly is full. And that's what that's all that Riduzone does. That's what it is. It's just OEA. It boosts the OEA in your body with more OEA. It's not loaded with chemicals or stimulants or fillers or preservatives, additives, caffeine. It's just OEA. That's why it's gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and FDA accepted as well. If you want to give this a shot to see if this can help you, because you're like, man, I'm walking by the kid's candy dish. Hey, grabbing uh, you know, uh, uh, the fun size Snickers out of the kid's candy dish a couple times a day ain't killing you. It's every time you go by the kid's candy dish after Halloween, grabbing seven of them. That's the issue, all right? And that's where RidUZone comes in, all right? Get 30% off a three-month supply right now when you visit RidUZone.com, RidUZone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, and use that promo code Steve to get that offer. 30% off for three months, promo code Steve at RidUZone.com. Are we ready for some Feedback Friday? You bet. Let's start with Nate, who goes to what Aaron asked us recently about our favorite musicals says, number one musical ever is uh, Willy Wonka with Gene Wilder. Does that, is that in the musical genre, though? Yeah. I don't know. I'm asking. Yeah. So if I went, to like, went online to Voodoo and I, and I, searched, and I searched musicals, would, would Willy Wonka come up? I I, I'm asking. I think so. Willy Wonka. Let me, let me Google this real quick. Because I've always thought of it as a is kid's or as a Willy fantasy film. Willy Wonka, a musical. Uh, come. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a nineteen seventy fan musical fantasy film. Okay, yeah. I, I still wouldn't rate it higher than um, uh, uh, Wizard of Oz. But if we're going to count it as a musical, then it would be. On, it, it should be somewhere on my list, shouldn't it? Also, be somewhere on yours. I mean, it's not going to be. A, it's well, not. It's not better than Wizard of Oz. I'm, it's not ranked higher than Greece. I'm. I'm open for debate after that, perhaps. What was our not top three, top five? What were we even doing? It was it, it was, was our Mount, Mount Rushmore, Rushmore, Rushmore music musicals. There's, yeah. okay. there's no, I'm gonna have enough respect for the genre, and I no, it's not in the top four all time. Okay. Chris wants to know. This goes to another question that came up recently on Buy Seller Hold, where we were asked to respond to Rolling Stone's ranking of greatest uh, pop music singers. 
should Don Henley be a, be among the greatest pop music singers? The rare, well, he was the co-lead singer, him and Glenn Fry. But the uh, the rare lead singer of a band, also the drummer. I, I and I can I can't think of too many other bands that are were major acts where that, where that was the case. There's 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 one other for sure. Can you guys Genesis Genesis? That would be more in your wheelhouse because you're my age. Yeah. So that would be Phil Collins was the lead drummer and lead uh, really the only vocalist at Genesis that trio. So but, well, he became the lead singer after yeah, Peter, Peter Gabriel, Gabriel was the nice pull. You're right. Peter Gabriel was the original lead singer of Genesis. Correct. So. I think absolutely Don Henley's got to be considered one of the great, one of the most distinct voices out there and then applied to some of the best uh, and finest music in the history of, the, of, of, of that format, of that genre. He's absolutely got to be on that list somewhere, don't you think? Yeah, and our, one of the most iconic music videos ever, Boys of Summer. Yeah, although I still think the remake that came out a few years ago was actually better than his original because that was another question we had, right? Yeah. Name name covers uh, that are better than the original. Hmm. Correct. Yeah. There was there was a remake of Boys of Summer? Yeah, and I'm trying to remember who Boys did it. Boys of Summer. Oh. Was it the, the Ataris or somebody did that? Boys of Summer. That went right past cover. me. Yeah. Came out like in two, 2009 or something, I want to say. Yeah. 2010. Yeah, let's see. This here. is scintillating. The Ataris, yeah. Yeah, Googling, wow. Googling things live in real time. Yep. Okay. Next email. Can your show suck more? Stay tuned. Um, all right, let's get to something a little bit more serious. <laughs> I thought that was serious for a bit. Like, yes, I can. <laughs> Patrick writes, you guys have pointed out before that a lot of what Republicans do to their constituency is simply a ruse to raise money and get power at their expense. Have you guys entertained the idea that the Democrats want Trump to be reelected because there would be more money to be made by them at the same time? No, I haven't considered it. Why? Because the difference between Patrick, the two parties, is that Republicans or, or Democrats inspire their base to get what they want. And Republicans conspire against their base to get what they want. We're, we're only, we, we are only at the point that we all know there's going to be an impeachment trial in the Senate. Because the, the Democratic base will light themselves on fire. And then maybe Nancy Pelosi along with themselves. There will be self-immolations. They'll bring in illegal aliens to self-immolate themselves because they had them pooping in the hallways last year. So they'll be self-immolating themselves uh, if, if they don't impeach the white orange man bad supremacist. He has to go. That's, that's why we're going to do this on the grounds that he photoshopped, shared a photoshopped photo of a dog and told a foreign government that unless they gave him uh, they, they could tell him whether his political opponent they were doing business with was corrupt or not. He was going to take away their money. That's the case, right? That isn't that really mm-hmm. the, what I just articulated. I'm, I'm being facetious, obviously, with the <laughs> Photoshop dog. <laughs> Although I wouldn't be surprised if that dog gets called to testify Schiff's yeah. committee next week. <laughs> Oh, uh, so no, no, it, it doesn't work that way. Um, it, it works the opposite way. The Democrats move further left than it would benefit them politically in order uh, to serve their base. Democrats commit acts of political malfeasance and, and self-liability 
in order to, well, one of their bases. They, they, there's another Democratic base out there that doesn't care about a lot of this stuff, just wants government to do stuff for them that they can't do for themselves, but they're just taken for granted and drowned out. The activist base that we're talking about, Democrats do things that are politically self, self-libelous. And they do them in order to serve that base. So, I, no, I, I don't think it's morally equivalent at all. Um, because, by and large, Democrats don't, on issues that matter, they don't defy their base on any level. I mean, right now, this Katie Hill is being given like a, a hero's, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. uh, departure. Yep. So no, no, I don't. And I, I know why we keep asking questions like this because it's a bitter pill to swallow. And it was for me too. I just swallowed it like 10 years ago. And it's not as bitter anymore. Okay. But I know for a lot of you that are now watching this out in the open, and you maybe suspected it, and then you voted for all those Republicans who voted 50 times and they didn't have the power to repeal Obamacare. And then when you gave them the power to do it, they didn't. And you've watched, you watched him, you gave him a president that would sign into law border security and they won't do it. Right? I, I get it. So I know a lot of you are now just kind of coming to grips with this because the presence of Donald Trump has forced a lot of things out into the open that people like me have been trying to tell you long before Donald Trump showed up. But, you know, um, you could either choose to not believe it or it wasn't as transparent as it is now. But you're in a political party that hates us, hates you, hate you, hate you. It's just, this is, this is, this is an alliance. This is like aligning with Stalin. Okay. That's what the Republican party is. I'm not even saying historically that wasn't the right thing to do at the time, but just understand when, when the current, you know, enemy of my enemy is my friend arrangement ends. Um, you're, you were always still an enemy too. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever fall for warm fuzzies about team GOP. That's my team. That's my quarterback. Don't, don't do that. Two seconds after Trump is gone. Uh, yes. Mitch McConnell. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's time to unite and uh, we can finally be, uh, united together uh, yep. for conservatism and uh, the Republican party. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yes. Yes. And then he's going to wave an AR-15. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I'm just amazed in the face of things like we just showed on Bleep Democrats Stay. The the level of denial about what's really going on. We are so hopeful that this is still just like smoke-filled room shenanigans. You just stop averting your eyes and look. That's what's going on. You're trying to replace. You don't want to admit it. You just don't want to. You want to admit that there must be something else going on here. The Democrats, there's some other game afoot. Nope. Nope. They're pretty. Steve, you did, you just alluded. Well, I think we were off the air when you talked about a story about how, how badly this uh, 
uh, impeachment thing is actually going, and it's oh, written from uh, the perspective. Woman of I've known a, yes. for a long time, yeah. Jennifer Jacobs, got her yeah. started at the Des Moines Register. Well, I know we her did. Well, yeah. And uh, she now is the chief uh, political reporter for Bloomberg. She's got a story out right now on where the Democrats stand politically on impeachment, and the the intro that she shared it with on Twitter. It's just brutal. It's it's like if you and I worked at Bloomberg, this is the story we would write, mm-hmm. and it it's just brutal. But and everything she says there is accurate. And it will have no deterrent in them seeing this through all the way to the end whatsoever. Because they, they know if they don't, their base will lose their damn minds. And Ilan Omar will be speaker in 10 minutes. That's what will happen. Okay? Yeah. yeah they, they know that. That's why, they, that's why they'll, they'll do this, even if it costs them politically, later on. Because they, they cannot afford a, a civil war with their own, with their own I, base. I, I, can, I, can I make a finer point on one part of that? Elon Omar already is the Speaker of the House. <laughs> I'm, dead, I, I'm dead serious. As long as those impulses are what drive are what are the spirit of the, it, of Omar, yes, yeah. As long as those impulses yeah, are what's driving point. the apparatus of the yep. Democratic machine, whether that's in Congress or the actual committee, uh, Elon Omar is your Speaker of the House. I mean, they, she tried to stamp them down earlier this year and be the adult in the room. And, and, and she's the reason Katie Hill's gone. I mean, Pelosi's out there saying, hey, this is untenable. We can't defend this right now. You got to go. And then you've got, you've got uh, the squad and Omar out there posting photos. You know, dare I say, the, uh, it's, it's Tlaib, Omar, and Katie Hill. Dare I say it is a, a thruple <laughs> political photo. Ah, see what I did there? Did you see that? Yeah, I'm here all week trying to reveal. Jokes just write themselves, folks. The jokes just write themselves. Two evangelicals and a Catholic show up on a radio show once, right? Yeah, yeah, I know where this one's going, right? Don't you? All right, but yeah, that kind of goes to what you're talking about. They're just out there on Twitter like, yeah. right now just promoting her. Yep. When, when Pelosi was just trying to get her buried as soon as possible so they can get right back to Orange Man Bad. You're a distraction. Get out of here. And they're out there sharing uh, you know, viral, video, or viral photos with her. That goes right to what you were just talking about right there. Do you think, Dwayne says, do you think Democrats will stop at just impeaching Trump? I think they will also go after Pence because they will be emboldened after they have successfully impeached Trump and they hate Pence almost as much as Trump. Of course, they're not going to stop. Of course, they're not. No, no, they're never stopping. No, sh- they're not showing any restraint. Didn't we have a they clip on our show like two say. weeks ago? Yes. There's some woman gaming this thing out? Yes. Yes. They wrote that column two weeks. Now, Dwayne may have sent us that email two weeks ago. You know, I get a ton of them. I can't get to them in, in a timely fashion. So let's be fair to Dwayne. But yeah, that, that column, or no, it wasn't a column. It was a guest on MSNBC. Correct. Yeah. That was like three weeks ago. Yes. Yeah, there will be no measure there will be no restraint. No. No. The crowd outside of Lot's house, man, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you send your, your concubine or your daughters out there and they've had their way, they don't say, okay, I'm satisfied. No, dude, they just take more blue pills and go back for round two. That's what you're dealing with here, man. No. Nope. Shouts of theocracy will begin. Yes. Like that. Yes. We're off to a great start. <laughs> Up with people by the Steve Dave Show. <laughs> oh, but you had to know. You had to know. If you email our show, you had to know. This is usually how it goes, right? We'll come back. More of your uh, feedback here on a Feedback Friday, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Stay tuned.
If you want to take advantage of plunging mortgage rates, a good real estate market, not to mention the timing. All right, winter is coming. In fact, there's uh, lots of places around the country that have been given a bit of an early taste of it here, even this week here on November the 1st. What does that mean? It means more desperate buyers and sellers. Buyers who are like, I, I got to get in this next house before winter. No one wants to move in the winter. Sellers who are like, I got to sell this house before winter because very few people like to move in the winter. Perfect time to go in. Just make sure you do so with a real estate agent that you can trust, someone whose track record has been fully vetted for its success, someone whose understanding of marketing has been fully vetted, professional courtesy fully vetted, and that's how they get listed at realestateagentsitrust.com. Don't trust that just any referral service out there will do. A lot of them, even if they're well-meaning, are really about helping agents to find clients. Here at realestateagentsitrust.com, it's really about finding an agent worthy of having you for a client. So before you go all in, make sure you go all in with a real estate agent you can trust, which you're going to find at realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's get back to Feedback Friday. This note comes from Sarah via Facebook, who writes, she keeps trying to watch our show because she loves Glenn Beck. And we're on right after Glenn here on Blaze TV and radio. And she keeps trying to, to watch us and she can't figure out why she doesn't. She goes, I can't figure out why I don't like your show. And then I realized it's because of your smug attitude. Like the way you were going after uh, Matt Gates yesterday. That's the congressman whose political instincts I think are, uh, I wouldn't say, yeah, what? Uh, dramatically overrated. As in, I don't think he's, they're very good. But I digress. Um, and that's, and that's why she says in the end, she doesn't like the show. Well, looking at, um, Sarah, your email, you spelled Congressman Matt Gates's name wrong. You spelled it G A T E S. So my only reply to you would, would be G A E T Z is actually how you spell his name. And roll tide. Yes. Sarah, you, you want smug? I have yet. I've yet to I've yet begun to smug. I'll give you the smuggiest smug, Sarah, you've ever had. All right. Monday, all of our imaging. Welcome to smug. That's all this show will be is smug. Fragrance by Todd. Yes. It ain't theology Thursday anymore, is it? It's it's smug every day that ends in Y. That's what it is. Yes. Smug alert. Yes. What happened while we were smug? <laughs> yes. All right, this is a really good note from Eric. He says, I'm from Canada. I enjoy listening to your show because even though our political systems may differ, the principles that shaped and defined our cultures did not. And we're in the process of throwing out our heritage of Christendom every bit as quickly as you guys are, maybe even more so. But I wanted to push back on a theme I've heard on several occasions on your show. You've often mentioned several key moments in, in American history were or where, as a nation, you gather together to promote righteous causes, in particular, slavery, women's suffrage, and the civil rights movement. However, it should be noted that there were many Bible-believing Orthodox Christians who opposed these reforms because they saw them as tied to forms of theological liberalism that eventually became what we would recognize today as liberation theology. Uh, do you think these people from the past had a point in opposing these reforms, or were they misguided? Does the fact that they were able to foresee so much of what has happened mean that we may be missing something if we continue to tout these reforms without any real qualifications? This is a fascinating conversation or question that Eric is asking. So it, it, 
and I know, and there's more to Eric's email. It was way long, so I had to trim it down so we could share it. So I, I know he's not doing this. I could tell by the level of intellect that Eric displays in his note. All right, but it's, it, we have to make sure it's not as simple to say that everybody that was involved in these causes was theologically liberal and everybody that opposed them was theologically conservative. Any more than it's, it's, you can't frame it the other way either. You know, we, we, we talk about this every Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I, I, don't, I don't believe Martin Luther King Jr. would be a Republican if he had been able to live past um, April of 1968. Right, if, you, if you look at the political positions he took on various issues, he would not have been a Republican. I also think at the same token, though, some of the positions he would have taken on, on, on some of the moral issues um, would have made some of, a lot of today's modern left uncomfortable at the exact same time. But what will happen is both sides will attempt to make it look as if he, you know, he's their mascot. So Martin Luther King Jr. would have been pro-life, which means he would have been a Republican. Well, Martin Luther King Jr. Would it, was, was for uh, universal health care, so that means he would have been a Democrat. And on, and on our show, we, we load that level of simpleton analysis. And Eric's question is, is encouraging, is asking us to get beyond that. Here is my answer to this question. Like wisdom, righteousness is known by her children. That's a, that's a direct biblical reference there. Wisdom is known by her children. You know a tree by its fruit. If you, let's just take the slavery issue, for example. If you claim or ever claimed to be a person of biblical orthodoxy, and supported the idea that another human being, because they look different than you, was not made in the image of God. And therefore, you could treat them as if they were your property and not the workmanship and masterpiece of the most powerful being in the universe. You can claim to believe in biblical orthodoxy all you want. And, 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 and that, 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 that church you went, y'all went to, you can claim it to be as, as theologically astute as you want. But, but Jesus looks at you and says, why do you call me Lord if you do not do what I say? Jesus didn't die for a systematic theology. Now, I'm a huge fan of systematic theology. I use it quite a bit in my own program. But Jesus didn't die for a theology. Jesus died for people. If you claim you have some level of theological orthodoxy and that gives you the conclusion that you can treat people as subhuman who have not done anything wrong morally or criminally to essentially forfeit their their place in the civil society. Because um, were to bring the sword of righteousness against the evildoer at the exact same time. If you're holding on to that position because of someone's state of being and not because of, of, of the crimes or sins they've committed to disqualify themselves from civil society, you're in sin. And I think this is the great challenge we have is there's this idea 
let me, in fact, I'm going to take this exact argument and put it in a whole different context. And because it goes back to what we discussed on Theology Thursday yesterday. Right before I, I logged on here, I saw CNS News. I like them, used to write for them. Um, you know, I, I, I retweet stuff Terry Jeffrey puts out every now and then. I like him a lot. CNS News shared a story on Twitter of Ruth Graham Lotz, Billy Graham's daughter, who does a lot of evangelistic preaching around the world. And I've heard her preach before. She's I, was really good. But she says, uh, and, and, the, and the, the story is that, that Trump's uh, moving out of Syria and abandoning the Christians there that the, Kurds, the, the communist Kurds were protecting could lead to a, a, a series of events that bring us to the end of days. And she said this on Jim Baker's show. Total false teacher, scam artist, shakedown artist. Remember Jim Baker, Jessica Hahn? You remember those days, right? Oh, indeed. He's the original. I mean, Jim Baker wrote the, like he wrote the the manual for prosperity gospel shakedown artists. He's I, like the George Washington of this. I will say the five-gallon buckets of prepper food that he hawks on his show, that, that is legit, though. Yeah. Well, that's good. How, how, are the rations good? Uh, yeah, yeah. You can. I mean, he he brings out this entire kiddie pool, and he shows how you how you can make an entire thing of food for like a hundred people. But is it gluten free? I think that's what that unfortunately most. Are we going to have a gluten free uh, mid trib mid tribulation? I think that's really what, what what our audience needs to know right now is: if, will it be vegan friendly and gluten free the if, tribulation? If if Allah loves us, if this were that Seinfeld episode, I'm out. All right, so she says this on the show of a false teacher. Jim Baker's a false teacher, scam artist, shakedown artist like Paula White is. Now, I have no problems aligning with people outside of biblical orthodoxy for a cause that biblical orthodoxy said is for the common good. Meaning if Jim Baker wants to show up and protest Planned Parenthood with me, I'm not going to say anything about that. That's not the time and place. But if Jim Baker says, I won't come and, and protest Planned Parenthood with you unless you affirm my heretical ramblings, I'm going to tell him you might want to find something else to do this afternoon because the answer is not just no, but hell no. Literal hell no. Because what you're preaching is right out of hell. No, not going to do that. But what, what, what Ruth is, is claiming is that essentially, if you look at the, the philosophical premise of the theolo- theology she's expressing, what she, is, what she is saying is that God reacts to the machinations of Donald Trump. Does that sound like God to you? In that, in, that, in, that, in that equation, who is God? The reactee or the reactor? Who's typically the God here? Loki being smashed by Hulk. Yeah, yeah it's a puny God. Yeah. yeah. Just sitting up there saying, you know, we, yeah, we're just, you know, what's Trump doing? Syria? Oh, you know, he, you know what? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, he left. All right, so let's, you know, let's kick this thing up. And that's not how this works. We, we are to watch the signs of the times so that we can see how God's will is moving people. Not so that we see how people are moving the will of God. That makes them God. All right? How does that play into this conversation? Because this idea that if, if folks claiming to be Christian did bad stuff or believed bad things, that means the character of Christianity uh, is damaged and it's not true. 
is not true. It's not true. And if you believe it's true, that's your excuse for not repenting of your sins. Because it's not Jim Baker anity. It's not Paula White anity. What is it, guys? What's what's the what's the religion? What is it? Christianity. Christianity. What's the first word there? Christ. Christ. Which means this is based on the character and revelation of whom? Him. Him. Not us. Capital H. Yes. Did he walk out of that tomb or not? If he did, better come correct. And if he didn't, nothing to see here. It's just that simple. Not easy, but that simple. So if a a bunch of folks left Baptist churches in Alabama and put on white sheets and burned crosses in black folks' yards, it doesn't actually impact the character of Christianity at all. It just shows they're not Christians. They're not Christians. Why do you call me Lord if you will not do what I say? I, I, don't, I don't know. Few things you can do further is, moves you further outside the heart and will of God than dehumanizing for, for, for tribalistic purposes. People who have done nothing morally wrong to you just because they're not with or like you. My house will be a house of prayer for all nations. Go ye into all the world. So, no, Eric, I, I don't believe those people did anything to impugn the character of orthodoxy. They just impugned the character of themselves. Because of every single... if if. You're and, and there's all you're not going to find a Christian who has not been a hypocrite. You're not going to find one because we can't live up to the standard God sets for us. That's why we're Christians. That's the first step in becoming a Christian is the recognition I can't meet God's standard and can't stop myself from violating it. That's step one, and it's an ongoing step that actually like never ends. We die daily. We repent constantly. That's why we do it this way. Because we can't avoid this. The guy who wrote most of the New Testament says, I can't stop doing bad stuff. That I, In my mind, I don't want to do it and I can't stop doing it. And then the good stuff that I wish I could do, I, I, won't, I won't do it. Why? He only wrote most of the New Testament. This isn't, it's not based on the character of us. It's based on the character of Christ. And if someone claiming to be a Christian has not exemplified the level of life change that goes along with Christianity, then it's not that... Christianity's character is impugned. It's that their claim of being a Christian is. And that's it. Bam. If you consistently decide that you want to go out there in public in full view and bastardize that which God has made plain. That's why I have no problem calling Paula White a false teacher. Jim Baker a false teacher. Prosperity gospel is a heresy. I'm not the bad guy here. Take it up with them. They're the ones that want to show no restraint or remorse for lying to people. It becomes my fault when God gives me a platform to call it out and I keep silent. That's when it becomes my fault. But ultimately, the character of Christianity rests on Christ and not on his people. I can't speak for other religious systems. You'll have to go and ask them how that works. But this one begins not with what you do for God, but what he already did for you through his son. 
So the character and integrity of the Christian faith rests on Christians. And if people claiming to be Christians do things that are clearly not Christian, it doesn't change Christ's character. It just goes to show they're not Christians. And Paul says, that guy, that guy sitting in the front row there that's, gonna, that's going home and knocking boots. Do the kids still say that these days? I think we said that, but they don't say that anymore, do they? Hooking up. You guys, what you guys say, right? That guy sitting in the front row hooking up with his stepmom. Throw him out. He's not a Christian. Throw him out. Get him out. Get him out of here. Why do you think we joke around here? The excommunications will begin until morale improves. Struggling, reoccurring struggling. I've been trying to kick this bad habit, this addiction for years. That's not hypocrisy. That's the struggle of the Christian life. That's your old self and your new self vying for supremacy in your soul. No, it's when, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm just, I enjoy it. I'm never going to change doing the old bad stuff I used to do. Then you're not a Christian. I don't know what to tell you, but that's, you don't get to change this. You didn't die on a cross. I don't mean you, Eric. I mean you generically. The guy who died on the cross and then walked out of the tomb, he gets to call the shots around here. Not mere human beings who didn't and couldn't do either. Let's get one more in here before we get out. Swiss America, listen very carefully, has a special offer for our listeners here today. You're living in a world full of political uncertainty and financial deception fueled by overvalued stocks and bonds. Those bubbles we were talking about earlier, which have created massive financial bubbles worldwide, with one exception, that's gold and silver, which have held their value over history more than any other asset class on earth. So here's an amazing offer today to illustrate our commitment to helping you uh, protect your financial future. Our partner, Swiss America, has agreed to virtually give you one of the most popular precious metal U.S. coins ever minted below cost. Just $18.50 each delivered. Just $18.50 each, way below cost. That's an exclusive offer to our Blaze listeners today, but you've got to call them right now. 800-289-2646. One of the most popular U.S. silver coins ever minted for less than 20 bucks. I mean, this thing is historically just about guaranteed to appreciate in value. Just 20 bucks right now. Less than that. $18.50. 800-289-2646. Test this out. See if you don't gain, make some money off of this. For $18.50, what do you have to lose? 800-289-2646. Call Swiss America right now at 1-800-289-2646. Gentlemen, any final thoughts? Don't end up in a ditch. Always a good, that's always a wise. It's true. Yes. Carla cross country state big day tomorrow that's super cool oh that is super cool you guys made it all the way to the state huh ainsley did so oh as an individual but as not an the individual team? yeah well congratulations dad that's very yeah, cool it's a big day tomorrow big day and wisconsin's on a buy so you're not missing anything tomorrow same I time miss, i miss those anyway you know that i i've seen like a one game yeah but we're getting to the time where you start you start it's watching getting there. We're getting there. yeah all right hey we're gonna stick around and give you our best and worst of the week for overtime blaze tv.com slash days if you want to subscribe to blaze tv for the rest of you have a great weekend we'll see you on monday until then john 317 this is steve dace on the blaze radio network